Baseball today, pre-All-Star Break edition, and a Kokomo Friday, and a Buffalo Wild Wings Friday. As sports trades are scary, everybody. One person can be replaced by another, exchanged for money, given away for a hypothetical future person. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore, except at B-dubs. They won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports... Oh, big show today. We're going to talk about the Home Run Derby. Is there a Home Run Derby jinx? Heath, is there a Home Run Derby jinx? You know the answer to this. You're just trolling me. Did you know that every single Home Run Derby participant last year had a lower OPS in the second half? Every single one. It's almost as if people get into the Home Run Derby based on exceptional first halves, and most players are not exceptional for entire years. Okay, so let me see how many had a – what would be a big OPS drop? For you, uh, well, I, it's all relative. If the guy had a 1,200 OPS before, like no, Aaron nobody Judge did. Nobody is going did. to have a big OPS drop. I can guarantee it. The highest OPS was 924. There were three players who had a 923 or a 924 OPS pre All Star break last year that participated in the Home Run Derby. What would be right. a big drop for them? Like, like, oh wow, that was a big drop. If they were below 800, and they all were. No, no, Cano wasn't. Cano was 832. Two of the three were Mark Trumbo and Carlos Gonzalez, 754 and 761. Okay. Yeah, all right. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're waiting for Scott White to get in. Um, anyone to add? Well, should, we should yeah. make that a part of the Kokomo theme song. <laughs> where's where's just, Scott? It was sings the Kokomo song. We're waiting for Scott White to get in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. What's up, Scott That would White? be funny. That would be... That would be funny. That would be keeping with the theme of you have to be listening very closely to know what's going on. And uh, did you hear my rantings and ravings about the Home Run Derby? Um, Just that you don't like players participating in the home run derby is that it's a good guess no, he did not did not hear it but okay. it's true i don't i don't want any of my guys participating in the home run derby uh actually if you go back to the last two years 16 participants 14 of them had a lower ops in the second half and i would guess most of this year's participants will have a lower ops in the second half than they had in the first half last year was bad though i mean you had you had mark trumbo uh will myers adam duvall carlos gonzalez Half of the home run derby fell off a cliff in the second half. The other four were Todd Frazier, who wasn't really that good first half or second half. Uh, Corey Seager, who had a two points lower OPS in the second half, so he was basically the same. Uh, Robinson Cano and Giancarlo Stanton. They did fine. But half the home run derby. Half? Yeah. The group? Yeah, four of eight. None of them got better though. None of them got better. So half got worse, half stayed the same. No, no. The thing no. is, the half you named that got worse fall, in, except for Carlos Gonzalez, fall into exactly what I was saying. Guys that aren't are having uncharacteristically good first halves. Yeah, I, I knew it. I, I, I'm glad Chris isn't on because then that would get really heated because he would dismiss this immediately. Take your L. Take my L. All right. So to oh, sum God. to sum up, 45 minutes of research. You guys don't care about the home run derby. I think it's very fun for you to have these little numbers that you sprinkle in here. It's good podcast fodder. I don't I, I don't have any problem with you bringing this to the podcast. This is an entertainment podcast. If you were writing an academic academic paper about it, then I would give you an F. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, can I get like a C plus grade the grade the term paper? Uh, he's he's pretty harsh. He's pretty harsh. Gotta say. Um, you know, I don't put much stock in it either, but whatever. Okay. That sounds like a C to me. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about predicting the future of something highly unpredictable. I, I don't know that there's – I don't know that it's an incorrect take. So let's predict the future again. Who's going to win the Home Run Derby? Mike Moustakas, obviously. He's in the Home Run Derby? Um, it does seem like this <laughs> – 
new the new the new format you know the two year old format now um it makes fluke victories less likely because just you know, give me a name, yeah, Scott White. I don't know why it would be a fluke. He's Just give me a name. Home runs. He's the second most home runs in the American League. Who's the damn winner of the home run derby? It's going to be Judge or Stanton, I would guess. I'll say, I'll say Judge. Why See, not? I think Stanton and Boer both fold. Oh, I really hope we They're get not a used Judge. to playing in front of more than like 8,000 people. Uh, <laughs> Judge Stanton home run derby final would be awesome. All right. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. A lot going on. We'll talk about Dylan Bundy and his struggles. We'll talk about Jacob Faria who pitched very well against the Red Sox yesterday. Heath had a funny Twitter poll that uh, seems even more relevant now. Uh, a lot of deep league guys, pitchers that are owned in less than 10% of leagues and one hitter that did well yesterday. Uh, but let's do just a, a quick, a hey, real quick round of hey, real quick. Hey, real quick, Mike fulton Evich or Denelson Lamette? Lamette. I am not sure. You guys talked me into moving Denelson Lamette up last week just so he could look like that again. Well, I just I don't understand what your hangup is with Denelson Lamette. Cause something I, about the five ERA. Yeah, but I think you you usually go like you're usually someone who values things like strikeout rate, like whiff rate. Right. Um, it's before yesterday he hadn't really had control issues. I think yesterday was only uh, the second time he had issued more than two walks in a start, and usually it'd been one or fewer. So the biggest issue he had in the minors hadn't even really manifested in the majors. He just missed a lot of bats with the occasional meltdown, which, you know, you would expect from any rookie. I would generally say that if a pitcher has thrown 35 innings in the majors and his biggest issue from the minors hasn't manifested itself yet, it's just a matter of time before it's probably going to. But weren't you the high guy on Blake Snell coming into That's I, what I, I don't understand. Like, why do you dismiss Blake Snell was a bigger Lamette's prospect than Denelson Lamette. Very impressive strikeout potential. He, he has a 5.93 ERA. He has a 1.24 whip. He's had three yes, terrible true. starts and then very good starts as well. Denelson Lamette. I, I think he's right in that same range. I'd probably take him over Fultonovich, but Fultonovich is pitching better right now. See, Fultonovich kind of has the Stephen Matz thing going on where he's getting good results, but in a way that's hard to trust. He just, I mean, he throws very hard, so you'd expect him to miss a lot of bats, and he's not. He's not. The strikeout rate has been decent, but the whiff rate, uh, even makes that look suspicious. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Mike Fultonevich. But you can't have any faith in Denelson Lamette. You just, ho- it's just hope. I, okay, that's that's fair. I have more hope for Denelson Lamette than Mike Fultonevich. I don't have much faith in either. Uh, okay, you don't have, wait. You don't have much faith in either Lamette or Fulty. Is that what you said? Right. Okay. Right. Like if you if so so they are not like must if, if I was. They're not must own guys. I I would I would consider it a um a scary proposition if you forced me to stick one in my lineup and leave him there for the rest of the season. That would be very scary to me. So I don't have much faith in either. All right, they're both pretty interesting. I mean, Fulty sixty percent owned, Lynette fifty five percent owned, and different results last night. Fultonevich with a good start at Washington. Lynette got lit up at Cleveland, and apparently did not have his velocity in this start. That's what his manager Andy Green said about Denelson Lynette. I, I guess I would say that if they were both available on waivers, I would I would be interested in picking both up. Like I, I think they're about appropriately owned, sixty and fifty five percent. All right, hey, real quick, Rich Hill or Michael Fulmer, rest of season. I'll go with Fulmer because I think it's a little more predictable and certainly uh, the health concerns are lower than for Rich Hill. Yep. That's exactly but what I would say, too. Start by start. Rich Hill is back. Buy or sell. Yeah, he's back. Buy it? Buying it? No, I totally buy it. I mean, he... It, it coincides... The turnaround coincides with the mechanical... Uh, change he made and he went from being a guy who couldn't pitch beyond the fifth inning to now he's going seven innings every time out and the Dodgers have the three best left-handers in at least the National League right yeah, Kershaw right? Wood and Rich Hill yeah well is like, there a better they're one all pitching like Cy Young contenders right now and in a way that seems believable to me so Dodgers are freaking scary mm. Heath Fulmer, yes. you're taking Fulmer over Hill, but do you think Rich Hill is back? I think Rich Hill is back. I I would not like, bet a penny on him 
making the rest of his starts this season, but when he's like this, you just leave him in the starting lineup until he's hurt. All righty. Rich Hill, congratulations. Last three starts, 21 innings, 10 hits, four runs, three walks, 27 strikeouts. Now, two of them were against the Angels and the Dodgers, or the, and the Padres yesterday against the Diamondbacks. Anybody to add? So I, you know, I think Fulte and, and Lamette are, are maybe worth taking a look at on waivers, but we've talked about them. Um, anyone from yesterday's action or, or at all, and don't say Tommy Pham because we talked about him a lot yesterday. Uh, <laughs> anyone to add from the waiver wire? Scott White, you can go first. Uh, let's see here. Um, you know, I don't know how owned, owned Michael Waka is right now. I probably, probably over 80%, so he might be a little too high end. Uh, Domingo Santana. Sorry, Scott, uh, Waka is 77% owned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess we can talk about him then. Nine strikeouts, two starts in a row. Uh, really seemed to get a kick in the butt when the Cardinals were talking about removing him from the rotation. But the shoulder checked out fine. It's not like it's been weakening the problem he's had over uh, a couple times in his career. And he's just done a good job of pitching down in the zone, throwing strikes, uh, incorporated his changeup more after kind of shying away from it during that rough patch, and seems to be back on track. So I think he's back to being must-own. I feel the same way about uh, Gregory Polanco, who's still oh, less than 80% owned. Really? Four hits. Yeah, I I never really like hated Gregory Polanco. I just he's never been the best outfielder on the Pirates. Well, yeah, we do have a segment coming up later about whether or not players can turn their season around, and he is in that segment. I uh, I am yesterday. putting in waiver claims for him where he's available. Why though? Because he not and look, you know, I want to agree, but. This really was just sort of one good game. He does have a six-game hitting streak and and the best walk-to-strikeout ratio of his career, but uh, usually Polanco was a guy who hit the ball really hard. He has a 23.1% hard contact rate this year. That's terrible. I'm just – I never thought that at 25 years old he just forgot how to be a good baseball player. Any sign that maybe whatever was bothering him is starting to go away for a guy that I think has top 20, top 25 outfielder potential – I'm going to go get him. Alrighty. So that him is. Him or Schwarber. Oh, him easily. Him or Frazier. I just almost had to drop Frazier for Polanco, but I had someone else I could drop on my, on my team, so I dropped Big Ken for him instead. Him or Steven Souza? Uh, him. Wow. Polanco he is Loves him some Greg Polanco. Alright, good. I hope you're right. Uh, let's look at some pitchers who pitched yesterday. And, uh, three of them, I, I don't know how to phrase this for the right way. Two of them were bad. Okay? Let's put it that way. Dylan Bundy and Lance McCullers. Do you have any long-term concerns about Lance McCullers? He has been scuffling a bit lately. He's only pitched more than five and a third once in his last five starts. I think they're going to limit his innings. Yeah, I have that concern. I don't have, like, performance concerns, effectiveness concerns. I mean, this isn't – he had a couple starts kind of like this one in April, too. It's – you know, they just happen for every pitcher except those three lefties on the Dodgers. But um yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be fine. I think he's must start just may fall short of a quality start because they remove him early to keep the innings down from time to time. Okay. Uh how about Dylan Bundy? Are we ready to drop Dylan Bundy, Heath? I'm not quite ready to drop him, but like yesterday when we were talking about whether we would start him or not, I was wavering and don't know what he has to do for me to feel comfortable with starting him on a regular basis. Because even when he was good this year, he wasn't like, it was more luck than it was being good. It was Mike Fulton Evich good. And then he's been bad ever since. Even though the swinging strikes have gone up. It's weird. Yeah. It's a very weird season for Dylan Bundy. I, I would probably, I'm going to keep a hold of him, especially in a points league, but I'm not going to be starting him in the next week or two. So Bundy, we have a lot of questions about Bundy. We will get to that. Jose Barrios is, I mean, look, he's been fine, but if we're nitpicking, he's been a, a little rough lately, giving up a lot of hits in his last three starts. Uh, two starts were kind of, kind of bad at Boston and at Kansas City, although I think the Boston start was pretty good. Uh, you know, I watched a lot of that. And, uh, I don't know. Any, any concerns about Jose Barrios? I'd slot him between McCullers and Bundy. Um, he's, there's not enough starting pitchers to have concerns about a guy of his level. He's a, he's a solid number three the rest of the way. 
And finally, Jacob Faria. Scott, I sat him. I was worried about the Red Sox matchup. All he had to do was hit Xander Bogarts with a pitch, get him out of the game. And that helped. Um, but, yeah, no, he pitched uh, six innings, Faria, one run, four walks, two strikeouts, which was weird because he has nine walks at 37 strikeouts in 38 mm. and a third, .97 whip. Faria has been awesome. Faria or Rich Hill, rest of season? Hill. Yep. Faria or Bundy? I think at this point I'm going to say Faria. I need to I, – I did a pretty thorough rankings overhaul yesterday, but I missed moving Bundy down. I need to drop him behind Faria. He needs to be outside of my top 40. Yeah, I would say um, I'd probably go with Faria as well. I think that like in this particular game, I said I would start Faria yesterday. This was not a good start. It, it was his it worst start. Worked out. It worked out okay. He only yeah. gave up one run, but this was. If he does that on a regular basis, we'll be dropping him. Well, uh, okay. So just because he didn't strike guys out, but but the well, Red Sox four and six four. innings. Yeah, the Red Sox don't strike out though, right? And and he gave up only four hits in six innings. I mean, yes. I mean, it, I put it. I put the positive spin on it. This was the worst he's ever been, and he still scored me twenty points or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Hooray, Jacob Faria. Now Heath, hooray for your Twitter poll. Two yes. days ago, you said. Tonight, you're tasked, this is, wow, this is fantasy baseball drama. Tonight, you're tasked with saving the world by winning a baseball game. You're in the ninth with a one-run lead and two arms in the pen. Who do you call? Fernando Rodney or Dellen Betances? Now, probably, we have new data since you posted this. Yes. New data that... And I I love that because it just shows (laughs) the ridiculousness of the question in my mind. Yeah. Um... Because Scott thought it was pretty obviously Fernando Rodney yesterday, mm-hmm. and I think Batances won the poll like sixty to forty, and sixty nine percent to thirty one percent. He killed Scott it. attributed that to some of my followers just being football followers and picking the name. Well, oh, if you haven't, if you don't follow baseball in the granular way we do, you may not even know Dylan Batances has been awful his last three outings or whatever but the biggest thing for me is that it really illustrates the difficulty that i have with the hot hand approach and i i talk about it sometimes i use it sometimes but the hard thing is when you're talking about a very good pitcher that is struggling and a very mediocre pitcher that is pitching well those two things are going to end yeah, and Patances is a mess right now. So do you just go with the true talent level? Uh, or do you count on the recent performance? I, I voted for Patances, but that was a tough question. It really was, like, because yeah. he is just awful. His mechanics are all off, and he's six foot eight, so it happens from time to time with him. But, but Fernando yeah. Rodney is Fernando Rodney, and Rodney gave up four runs on four walks without recording an out and two hits at the Dodgers. And the thing, and, and this is his second bad outing in a row. And the previous 20 appearances, he gave up two hits and no earned runs in 19 yeah. and a third. But two bad outings in a row for Roddy. Now, he, had pitched, he hadn't pitched in four days. That never helps for a reliever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess if you want to look at one thing in that 20-game 20 20 stretch with no earned runs, he did walk seven in 19 and a third. I don't know. Relievers do that. And he walked four yesterday. So, I, I mean, there was say. some regression coming for Rodney. I think the bigger issue for me going back to the poll question was just I can't I can't trust the fate of humanity. I can't put that on Dylan Batances right now. It it didn't even have so much to do with Rodney. It, like I might take Tyler Clippard over Dylan Batances oh, right now. Wow. But that was a crushing loss last night for the Diamondbacks. They're now five and a half behind the Dodgers. Uh they came up four runs. I think they were up three nothing or four to one. I think they were up four to one. They lost five to four. They go up four runs in the ninth and they have lost three straight after being swept by the Dodgers who are running away right now. Fifty eight and twenty nine, five and a half games up in the National League West. And boy, the National League is boring this year. The Brewers are four and a half games up on the Cubs. Who's gonna win the NL Central? The Cubs by at least five games. Whoa. Well, they're only a game up on the card. The Cubs are only a game up on the Cardinals. Do you think they'll have five? Uh, games I understand that. The Cardinals? I agree. Uh, the Cubs are going to win the right. Central, but I don't think the Brewers, like Chase Anderson, going down hurt a lot. Like a lot more than it's probably been discussed yeah. anywhere, except maybe on local Milwaukee radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we listen to that. I mean, a lot. he's a number two starter, probably, and not just for them, but for any team. And uh 
I, I mean, they were looking like a very well-rounded club with him in the mix, and he'll be back eventually. But I just think the Cubs have more depth, more resources to go out and get somebody else if they want to, more incentive to go out and get somebody else because they're, you know, it's clearer that their nucleus is in place when the Brewers are kind of an an expedited rebuild job. Yeah. So uh, I agree, the Cubs are going to win ultimately. All right, let's look at some deep leagues here. You, eh, you guys don't talk about deep leagues enough. Nobody's really said that in a while, but I wanted to do a funny voice, so I did. Uh, these you know why? Why? Because fewer people play in deep leagues. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, but I play in a deep league, Scott White. So yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do a, per, a podcast just for you. We'll tailor make it for you, your own personal podcast. And here How it is. Well, here's your own personal podcast segment. Paul Blackburn. Seven and two thirds, one run, no strikeouts at Seattle. Anibal San, <clears throat> Anibal Sanchez, excuse me. Oh, Anibal Sanchez making my voice crack. He has turned things around since my birthday, June 19th. <laughs> eight, <laughs> eight earned runs in 23 and a third with four walks and 22 strikeouts since being recalled on my birthday. Happy birthday, Anibal Sanchez. Uh, Scott, for Sal Romano, who pitched yesterday for the Reds, what do you think about this? And he, he pitched well at Coors Field in his second base, Major League Baseball start. What do you think about this uh, catchphrase? Everybody loves Romano. Like, like I mean, it, he's hardly the first Romano. I don't know why we're applying it to him. Heath, what do you think about that? He's Everybody hardly loves the best Romano. Romano. I think it's outstanding. I came up with it yesterday. Yes, I stole it from Heath. I stole it from Heath. Oh. So, Paul Blackburn... I, I expect better from you, Adam. Come on. Well, good, because it was Heath's. Blackburn, yeah. Sanchez, and Romano, any interest in these guys they're owning 10% of leagues or less? I mean, I, when you asked me uh, about somebody to pick up off waivers, Anibal Sanchez's name kept jumping out to me. I'm just, you know, thinking more from a mixed league context, I'm not ready to take that plunge with him. But he has looked really good since... Returning to the rotation, um, the strikeouts have been up. He's kind of changed his pitch selection. Please, let's and, not do uh, that. Let's just not. No, let's the Heath. Are we yes. doing? Are we doing this with Anibal Sanchez? Well, look, you, 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 you. I know. I know. It's about to be a deep league segment. Why are you burying me? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because he sucks. <laughs> like, okay, this is why we don't talk about deeper leagues. You're not going to give any of them the time, any of the potential options well, the time of day. All right, because you phrased it as when I asked you about waiver wire, you were thinking about Anibal Sanchez, which means you sort of took it out of the deep league realm. No, I, I said I. The reason I didn't is because we were talking about mixed leagues at the time, and okay. I didn't think he was right. worth adding there. Stop. Okay, Stop okay, filling bad. in gaps that are incorrect. I agree, Adam. Stop reading between lines <laughs> that don't exist. So, would you pick up Anibal Sanchez in our in our sixteen team, uh, in our sixteen team league? That's a deep league. Yes, you would. I would. Is he on the waiver wire? I He's think ten percent owned, so there's a good chance. I think we should make this happen right now. Who are you guys dropping for Anibal? Oh, Sanchez? our team's too good. We can't drop anyone. <laughs> oh, for the, okay. No, you're, you're right. You're right. We don't really have anyone to drop, so. Yeah. I guess, uh, more in a points league, I'd be more likely to do it. I you guess guys. in theory, it, it, our hitting is sucks and our pitching is good, but in theory, if our pitching was bad and our hitting was good and we needed Anibal Sanchez, we could drop a guy like Matt Davidson for Anibal Sanchez. But I wouldn't okay. really want to do I that. I think, I think we kind of just, just talked about, like we just put Anibal Sanchez in perspective. Yes, and like, I'm looking at his I'm game not, log. You're not willing to drop Matt Davidson for Anibal Sanchez. Correct, and I'm looking at his game log from last year. He had a really good stretch of four, four out of five starts, really good in August last year. One, the other start was terrible, but then he slumped, then he was awful, and he had a 557 ERA in September after that. What about Tommy Canely? Tommy um, Canely. Canely, actually, Canely? we were told. Yep, it's Canely. Yes. Right, sorry. Yeah. Um, what about Nick Pavetta? Oh, I'd rather have Pavetta than Sanchez. Scott, you do have a lot of good players on this team. I can understand why. What about Brad Brock? No, I'd rather have Pavetta. Of course, we'd rather have Brock. He's. Not I the, thought not I the closer. Gotten, Zach Britton was going to be the closer again. He hasn't gotten a save yet, has he? Uh, no, because they keep losing. But uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke Voigt, Scott, uh, Luke Voigt. I'll go to Heath. Is three percent owned. Luke Voigt is batting three thirty three with two home runs and four doubles in eleven games. Heath, you interested in Luke Voigt? Two three percent owned. Not particularly. Okay, cool. I was actually getting ready to talk about Paul Blackburn because we got some tweets about our dismissal of him on the podcast yesterday. Oh, he sucks. 
He's not any good at all. <laughs> he's like the tie block of the the other side of the bay. He's he, he strikes out six batters per nine in the minor leagues. He is nothing special, and you should not be rushing out to add Paul Blackburn. That's a great segment for deep leaguers. I guess Anibal Sanchez is worth a look in deep leagues. And I uh, mean, he's the most attractive of the names here. You have to give me that, right? Well, would you say he or Luke Voigt is? I mean, if Voigt keeps playing, um, he seems kind of like he seems kind of like the the Cardinals' answer to Justin Bohr, a guy who just tears it up in the PCL out of nowhere, and then suddenly he's starting for the major league club. So eh, maybe if he keeps starting like he has been. <sighs> Can I apologize to the listeners? I am scatterbrained today, and I think it's showing in the podcast. It's I'm I think getting, you did a fantastic job. No, I'm I'm scatterbrained, and I'm getting married tomorrow, and things are happening right now, and I'm Your freaking, spinning. Yeah, well, I also like things are like crazy stuff is happening. I probably should have taken today off, but I didn't want to. You probably should. If you're getting married tomorrow. Yeah, it, I didn't <laughs> want to take today off because I'm out all week next week. I didn't right. want to be so like, long. How many like, days off do you think you get for getting married? Every, People get married all the time. Exactly. It wasn't just that. It's like, I, I wanted to do the show. I, you know, I'm going to miss it. I worked it. with a guy who got married during his lunch break. No joke. Are you serious? Dead serious. Holy cow. Oh, I'll I just. It is after the podcast. I just set off Siri uh, when I said, are you serious? <laughs> that was weird. Injuries, news, and notes. Let's focus. Justin Turner and Mike Moustakis are in the All-Star game. They won the final vote. The Cubs have only one representative. It's Wade Davis, the first team in baseball history to not have a returning player in the All-Star game after winning the World Series. Uh, John Lackey should not miss any starts. Kyle Schwarber is back. He's 83% owned. He went 0 for 4, and he struck out twice. Sounds like he's back. He's back. Now, they said, uh, Theo Epstein said he was encouraged by Schwarber's swing, going opposite field in the minors. Schwarber's encouraged, so don't overreact to one game, but... Yeah, uh, not a good start. I do trust Theo Epstein's opinion over my own. I'll just put that out there. Fair enough. Uh nope. Xander Bogarts left after being hit by a pitch on the hand. Zhu Wei Lin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but in theory, would probably play shortstop if Bogarts were out. Uh he would play more. He's on my uh AL only roster. Okay, he's hitting well. Would you drop him for Anibal Sanchez? Uh on that team I would not. Because I do not have enough bats to fill a lineup, and I have extra pitchers. Joe Maurer could end up on the DL due to back spasms. Miguel Sano, I don't know when this happened. He's now played six games at first base. I know yesterday was the sixth, but Miguel Sano is first base eligible now in CBS Sports Leagues. Uh, you're going to probably want him at third, but he's first base eligible. Uh, Julio Tehran could be on the trade block, which would be nice since he's so bad at home. Charlie Morton and Aaron Sanchez are going to come off the DL and face each other today. Roberto Ozuna converted his 22nd consecutive save chance, and Michael Taylor is going on the DL with a right oblique strain. As the Nationals, uh, man, they're beat up in the outfield. Good thing they're so good. Couple uh, or four lineup notes: Marcus Simeon returned, and he stole a base. We talked a lot about him yesterday. If you need a shortstop, drop Brandon Crawford for Marcus Simeon. Do it. Uh, Eric Thames sat against the lefty. Now, he started against a lefty on Wednesday, but Thames sat against the previous lefty. So I don't know if that's going to continue, but he's batting 214 with a 514 slugging against left-handed pitchers. Keep an eye on that with Eric Thames. Nolan Arenado was out of the lineup yesterday. Rymel Tapia led off. Charlie Blackman batted third. Tapia is, uh, Tapia is 15% owned. He's batting 315 with not much power, three steals in 34 games, and, uh, not good against lefties. Not good on the road so far. Anyway, Tapia, 15% owned. Tapia or Anibal Sanchez? Well, I'm trying to think. So this is like a 30-team mixed league. Sure. Oh, right. It's not, uh, it's not Tapia. Legal. Tapia. Okay. And like Tapia. Carlos Correa returned to the lineup. And, man, we got a lot to get to today. What should we get to next? Scott, give us five prospects to stash. Oh, gosh. Well, I didn't write the normal column I do every week, but I did stay up very late last night uh, ranking the top 25 midseason prospects. So not necessarily players we're looking to stash for the second half, just the best prospects who I, I limited it to those who had yet to appear in the majors yet. And uh, topping that list is Ahmed Rosario. 
uh, and rounding out the top, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't spoil the top five. All right, just give us a few names to stash. Um, well, Ozzy Albies is probably going to be up in the second half at some point, certainly if Brandon Phillips gets traded, which is a possibility. He's last year of his contract. Uh, we'll see him, and hopefully he could contribute in like a DJ LeMahieu type way. I wouldn't hope, hold out hope for much more than that. Uh, Chance Adams is still somebody who the Yankees could turn to in the second half. Um, one more. Uh, let me pull up the list here. All right, so far we have Mets shortstop Ahmed Rosario, Braves infielder Ozzy Albies. Where is Albies eligible? Second base. Second baseman Ozzy Albies. Yankees starting pitcher Chance Adams. Last week Scott said Clint Frazier and uh, one more. Uh, Schwarber. They're both up. So, yeah. Is there one other player you'd like to give people to stash? I mean, Reese Hoskins is about 15th on this top 25 for me, so I still like him a lot. Okay. And it's got to get called up in the second half at some point, right? They can't leave him in the minors all year with those numbers. That's ridiculous. He's 24 years old. Uh, just Tommy Joseph needs to step aside. So Tommy Joseph thing isn't working out. I, I feel like he's actually been all right, Tommy Joseph. He has been all right, but yeah. you need to be much more than all right at first base. Okay, fellas, let's do a series of relevant emails and tweets. And I want to do this quickly here, but I, we have, I've got, I think, 12 in here. I want to hear from the people. This is what they want to know. Tyler in Walnut Creek, California. Is Dylan Bundy droppable in a 10-team categories league? Yes. Yeah. Jason from San Diego, how much faith do you guys have in Manny Machado? 100%. I did drop him behind Carlos Correa finally, but he's still second in my shortstop rankings. Chris in Omaha, would you drop Sean Newcomb for Kevin Gosman? I wouldn't, but they're close. I, uh, I probably wouldn't. Just because It's another one of those moves where I'm not saying for sure I like Newcomb better than Gosman. I'd just be too lazy to do it. <laughs> Laziness. That's always good for fantasy owners. He also says, Dear Monroe, Hank, and Nick. Who the heck are they? Monroe, Grimm? Hank. Is this the Brothers Grimm or something like that? Mm. Grimm. I have no idea. It's Grimm. I don't know too many Monroes. Oh, I have a new show that I think could sponsor. You know what? I'll leave it for the football podcast. since It's the new Stranger Things, Heath. Be excited okay. about that. We'll talk about that next week or two weeks. Can't wait to not watch it. No, it's good. I th- actually, I think you'll like it. Paul in New Jersey. Uh, should I drop Mitch Haniger or Sean Newcomb to activate Madison Bumgarner? Mitch Haniger or Newcomb? Um, that depends on your team. Yeah, I think it really does depend on need. Okay. But we got an encouraging performance from Haniger last night. On my bench. <laughs> what? On my bench. Well, yeah, I mean, which is, you know, you'll, you'll take the long term ramifications of that even if you missed out on this one game where he doubled and homered it, it was yeah. as many hits as his previous nine games combined his ERA <laughs> his wow. batting average had dropped from 318 to 267 during that stretch but um I'm still thinking there's a lot of upside here well that brings there's me to my next, for Newcomb too. my next question here from Rob do I drop Hanniger for fam no uh, I don't think you do I understand the temptation. I'm not sure that Hanniger's – no, I don't have it ranked that way. I'll just say no, but I'm really tempted. This is from Brian. Contreras or – Contreras? Contreras or Schwarber? Contreras. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's asking because Schwarber's catcher eligible in his league, and if that's the case, I think I lean Schwarber. Okay. that's That's a tough one. Yeah, I think like I Contreras has been a better hitter in the major leagues in his career, right? Mm, that's technically true. I mean, Schwarber's career average is down to 200 because he really didn't have much of a track record before this year. Wow, career but average. um, it's not like Wilson Contreras has been a difference maker for you. I think Schwarber has a better chance of being that. All right, this is from Steve. Rank these outfielders. Why don't you give me your top three? Top three: Haniger, Melky, Granderson, Fam. Souza, Puig, Haniger, Melky, Granderson, Fam, Souza, Puig. Souza, Haniger, Fam. A lot of Haniger questions today. Um, yeah, I agree. Those would, 
You know what? I'm going to take Puig over Fam still. I have questions about Fam's job security. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's 30s years old, basically, and I know he didn't really have a career to this point, so he probably seems younger, but it's not like, it's not like he's somebody the Cardinals can build around, and, uh, with Gritchick, um, you know, back in the mix, Dexter Fowler returning. It, yeah. There's there's a crunch there. There's a playing time crunch. Has Grichik started? Because I know Grichik had a, a good game or two when he came back, but then last I'd seen, he was back in another funk. He homered yesterday for what that Did he? Was. Okay. Yeah, but Maybe that doesn't, he's that, back that doesn't out mean he's out of the funk. It just means he homered yesterday. Right. Um. I right, back to back to emails and tweets in a second. But look, whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave it playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the opening of both soccer and baseball, a clear display of favoritism, and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. Also, my birthday summer with three months. Actually, I think it's spring with three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons. It's clearly the work of a sports fan. They may as well have called it sports season. In fact, at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer because that's. Not not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Yeah, my birthday's two days before summer starts. It's a summer birthday. Like, give me a break. It's hot as hell. Would you drop Cole Hamels or Danny Duffy for John Gray? No. Nor would I. From Joshua, would you drop Ian Kinsler for Whit Merrifield? No. Would you drop Cameron Maben for Tommy Pham? I wouldn't. Yes. But it sounds like I am sensing a theme in this podcast. Heath is higher on Tommy Fam than I did. Scott I which hates is sad. Tommy Fam, which is sad. No, it's that's not true at all. <laughs> I um, I actually, I actually uh, invested in Fam in a few leagues last year, and um, obviously it didn't pan out. But mm. I just think there's a limit to what he can do for you. I have him 54th in the outfield. Okay. Next up, how about uh, from Andrew? Can we drop Ian Desmond yet? Trey Mancini is available. Nope. No, I wouldn't do. Especially... Uh, you can drop Desmond. Okay, I don't know. That, I don't think. Mancini. Yeah, I don't know that Mancini. Like, how long is Des? How long is the calf strain sideline a player? Four to six weeks. Yeah, probably. But yeah, okay. No, that is a long time to wait. If you're in a categories league, that's his better format anyway. Desmond's stealing bases. That's hard to find. So yeah. keep that in mind. But I right. guess I guess in like you, you did drop you, him in a points league, right, Scott Desmond? Yeah, I did drop, and that was even before the calf injury. I dropped Desmond in a three outfielder points league. But right. you know, if you're talking about a categories league, I guess the only way I would drop Desmond is if I that was the only way I could get the production I needed in my actual lineup. You know? Yeah. Like, like uh, there's somebody else I can't drop. Like. Uh, I, I don't know, some, like Carlos Gonzalez or something. And, uh, and, you know, I, I just need a bat. And Mancini's available. Mancini's certainly startable. That's the only scenario where I drop Desmond in the categories league. Here's an email from Matt. Lucroy or Ramos? You guys answered this earlier this week and you said Lucroy. Ramos with a home run against Sale yesterday. Lucroy or Ramos? I'm uh, still gonna say Luke Roy. I'm still gonna say Luke Roy, but I think I'm getting to the point where they may be back to back in my ranking. So it's it's really close. It is pretty crazy to look at the stat provided by Matt in this email. Luke Roy, four home runs, twenty three RBIs this season. Ramos, three home runs, nine RBIs in seven games. That's incredible. You know what else is incredible? I was going through a roster of Heath's last night looking for trade possibilities. He had Evan Gaddis in his ca- as his catcher. I know he's not high on Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis hasn't played all that regularly. We're all pretty disappointed in the season he's had. In points league, Lucroy's better format. Gaddis's worse format. Gaddis has outscored Lucroy. Yeah. Well, a lot blew of people have. It blew, that blew your mind? That blew Yeah, that blew like Gaddis has hardly played. Yeah. He's and having a nice year. Lucroy, well, at least he doesn't strike out. But yeah. Gattis has outscored him. Yeah, Lucroy doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, all right. And finally from Brian, would you drop Cueto or Barrios for Rich Hill? No. I mean, Cueto somebody needs to own Rich Hill in your league, but 
That's too, those guys are too high end. Yeah, drop. I'm assuming this is a 10 team league, maybe even an 8 team league. Even in a 10 or 8 team league, somebody should own. No, Rich I'm Hill. saying I would drop Barrios for Hill in that format. Really? In a 12 team league, I don't think I would, but in a, in a smaller format where I know that when Hill gets hurt, I can find another pitcher on the waiver wire. Can you find another Barrios? Ah, I don't know that Barrios, like, He's just outside of that range of starting pitcher where I think he's special in fantasy this year now. I have never had cause to bench him. Like he's he's pretty much a fixture. Yeah, I, I think he's a stud. Barrios. Yeah, that 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 well, taking it a little far for me. I, but I think he's a must start. I, I think he's I think too he's a must start. In this pitcher landscape, he is he has that combination of just enough reliability to go along with upside that I'm hardly ever sitting him, and I think that makes him undroppable. But I, I know. Uh, yeah, let's I wrap know. it up. Wrap it up. Okay, I'm sorry. He's got to be a hitter you can drop. It's stupid. Yeah, let's drop someone else. Don't don't <laughs> waste our time, Brian. Drop someone else. Get Rich Hill on your roster. Um, all right, let's see what else we got for today. Obviously, no two-star pitchers to talk about. Make make week what 15. What's next? Week 15? 15, 16, 14? Yeah. 15, yeah, I think. 15. Make, make week 15 a 10-day scoring period, please. In, yep. in other words, make scoring period 15, uh, weeks 15 and 16, if that makes sense. 10-day period. Don't do three. Scott likes three. It's very strange. Well, I just don't understand why it's worth getting that worked up about. I kind of took the compromise I took in the one league where people just wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> um, is I kept it two separate scoring periods, but I made it. Friday through Tuesday, and then Wednesday through Sunday. So two five-game scoring periods. Oh, that is so much more work. How complicated. Why? Why? It's You just you go to the same schedule. Yeah, actually. The same drop-down menus. It's probably the same amount of work. Yeah. Disregard. Disregard. You force you force people to set their lineups on a Wednesday, which they're not used to. But oh yeah, that would throw me off. I I don't I don't want to lose that extra week. You it's also have no two star pitchers in your scenario, whereas in my scenario, you have pretty much nothing but two star pitchers. Yeah. Well, if anything, it's an equalizer. I'm not so sure every scoring period shouldn't be five games. It's just obviously that's going to move the 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 lineup set date around and people yeah. will get confused and wow revolutionary yeah um okay so then let's talk about these hitters and whether or not you think they're going to turn the beat around i was i was almost going to sing it but then i was like that would be so lame not going to sing it will they turn their season around uh gloria stefan style gregory polanco was the first guy on the list heath is encouraged scott how do you feel about polanco turn it around no i am Turn I am pretty much. I dropped him around. like a month yeah. ago in the points league, right? And Enough I to add Polanco, and he's still available not, in that league. I'm not saying he'll never be good. It's just why am I? Why do I need to wait for it this year? You don't have to wait. It just happened. It, it was one game. He's had other good games this year. He has. Yeah, it's, that is true. Uh, how about Ian yeah. Kinsler? Ian Kinsler, again, you know, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Good plate discipline this year, better than normal, but boy is he having a bad season. Batting 239. He had a nice June when he homered in three straight games. I think that kind of boosted it. Uh, but three for 22 with no extra base hits in July. Ian Kinsler, is he going to turn the beat around? I think he is. Now last year was too good to be true and, and he was at, Kinsler was on my bus list coming into the year, but some of the age indicators, the, the the signs that he may be aging, haven't really manifested fully this year. He's making contact at a very high rate still, and, and that leads me to believe it's not a case of him just getting old. I think he's going to turn it around. You want me to help him turn it around, Adam? Yeah. DTM. Oh, really? Kinsler's DTM? Done. Wow. Dead to me. He sucks. He's bold. Not a millennial. He What's sucks. That? I said, well, you know, some people might not know what DTM means. Oh, okay. Dead to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he is, um, 35 years old, playing terribly, done. Mm, wow. Okay. 51 Babbitt. Did you say you would drop him for quit Merrifield or was that Ki- Kipnis? They were, no, yeah, it was Joshua said, would you drop Kinsler for quit? I, I said that I would not drop him for Whit Merrifield, but I also said that I probably need to move Whit Merrifield up because, 
I've just kind of disregarded him. All right. And uh, he's wow. been he's a, overlooking a Kansas City Roy. I do that what? often. I, I'm always – it's a small market Midwestern teams. <laughs> I just kind of ignore them because of my East Coast bias. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. All right, next guy, next guy, Trevor Story. 223 batting average in 73 games with 11 home runs and 10 doubles. Will Trevor Story to, to, to turn his season around? Turn the season around. I'm not banking yes. – I'm not, you know – Banking my season on it. Like, Marcus Simeon just came off the DL if I'm the Trevor Story owner. Not saying I'm dropping Story for Simeon, You're but not I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking a flyer on Simeon. Ahmed Rosario gets called up, I'm taking a flyer on Rosario. I am not assuming shortstop is settled for me as the Story owner. But you're but not I dropping Story for either one of those guys. Correct. Okay. I can't bet against the power profile at Coors Field. There's just the, the probability of it just clicking one day and him Going off the rest of the season is too high. Yeah. And the power is not the problem. It's like it's just difficult to generate power without putting the bat on the ball. Kyle Seeger. Uh yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm starting to change my mind a little bit on Seeger, just because I'm wondering when he gets going, how good will he be? We and I know we've had this discussion and I'm probably changing a previous stance. That's okay. But Welcome to my side. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like last year Seeger was he he adapted to the environment. He hit 30, 30 home runs, like 31, whatever, 30 home runs. Uh, before that, he's like a 24 home run guy. And he's got 10, but Seager's been bad, like 252, uh, batting average, 10 home runs. I don't know, like, yeah, one, is he gonna turn it around, and, and two, how much will it matter? Like, I don't think there's a problem starting Seager. I don't, I, I think he'll be better than this. But will it be a modest improvement? Uh, yeah, probably. I I think that still makes him plenty startable in mixed leagues, though. It's just the he's not he's having a hard time keeping up with the Joneses. Kyle Seeger is having a year that is not all that far outside of his career norms. He has a two fifty two batting average. That's thirteen points below his career average. Yeah, the home yeah. runs are, are down though, even by his old standards. But his slugging percentage is it's down thirty points, so that's that's a problem. But I, I Kyle Seager will be a nice corner in, infielder. There's there's too many good third basemen. He's been terrible against lefties, and typically not good against lefties. But one home run this year and eighty three at bats against lefties. And a I feel like Keith and I just said the exact same thing, but with different words, like. Like we couldn't, like. Well, you said there's no problem. If you were, if you were plagiarizing story. somebody, but trying to yeah. avoid being called out for plagiarizing, you would do what Heath just did. When you said there's no problem with starting him, did you mean in a points league where corner infield is not available? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, there's a real problem. Starting I disagree. Him I do not want to have the worst third baseman in my 12 team league. Oh, but let's, let's not go all Carlos Santana here. Um, the question is, will Kyle Seeger be worth starting? In that format, you know, one third baseman league going no. forward. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, I kind of no. feel like he will. I feel like he'll be top 12. I just don't know that he's going to be right. top eight again. Like he So you think he's going to be better than like Travis Shaw? No, because I think Travis Shaw is definitely. Um, you think he's be better than Mike Moustakas? Maybe. Well, you're, I, you are. I think I rank maybe, him ahead yeah. of both still. But yeah, he I might mean, be, but you're also talking that's about the, the bottom two. of the, that's the bottom of the top 12. Who else but is in there? You, we're, we're assuming Seager's going to get a little bit better, and we're assuming, I mean, why is Mike Moustakis in the home run derby? He's had a very good first half, so he'll probably be a little worse in the second <laughs> half. Um, Adrian Beltre? Uh, they're similar. I think- Justin I Turner? Would, I would take, I would take Turner over everybody. So you're talking about right like, around 12th, right? Cause, cause- Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, he, so he's worth using there. He's not gonna sure. make your team and stand like, even out. Even if he's technically 14th, you know, he's not necessarily the reason. You can't you start lose. a team full of guys that aren't ranked inside the top twelve of their position. No, you can't start but a I'm, team. We're full talking of about them, just starting one guy. We're not talking about a team we're full. Getting like into if, the if Seager's the weak again. spot on your team, it's not that bad of a weak spot. I'm sorry, it's just not. Yeah, and, and also, you know, Santana at the time was six fifteenth or sixteenth at, at first in points leagues, but just terrible in categories. And Seeger, there's really no difference, I don't think, at least in categories and roadies, you know. So whatever, different, different conversation. And, and, uh, all right, just real quick on these two pitchers. Do you have faith in them turning their seasons around? Johnny Cueto, who had an inner ear infection, didn't pitch yesterday, and Rick Porcello. Yes, no. Okay. Uh, okay, fine, quick. yeah. 
<laughs> yes, no. Yes, Quato, <laughs> yeah. no Purcell. I just couldn't keep up with the speed of that. I had to process everything for a second there. Do you have any interest in these pitchers? They're owned in about 40% of leagues. Mike Montgomery, Jeremy Hellickson, Francisco Liriano, and Zach Davies. No, 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 no. Not in a mixed league. I think I said one too many no's. How crazy is it that Zach Davies is 10-4 and four on the year, though? That is pretty crazy. Wins and losses are dumb. <laughs> uh, and in the bullpen, Senwano and Alex Colome both got saves yesterday. There was one other segment that I had in the notes that I wanted to get to. What the heck was it? It was really awesome. And, oh, I got it. It was, uh, what do you make of these stats? I'm going to give you some stats. You tell me what you make of them. That's how this segment works. Gene Segura's ISO, his isolated power, which is slugging percentage minus batting average, is 132. That's quite low. It was 181 last year with Arizona. Gene Segura's BABIP is 406. It was 353 last year in a great, great season with Arizona. Uh, his steals pace is also down. Nine steals in 57 games. He stole 33 bases in 153 games last season. So you look at Segura, I don't think anybody could be disappointed. But is it is it mostly just batting average? He's batting three fifty four. Does that mean that Segura is a is a sell high? Like you tell me, what do you make of all this stuff? He's not as good as he was last year. That's the starting point for me. I do think he's going to remain an asset in batting average. This is where he is right now is too good to be true. I mean he's had three four hit games in his last five, so that kinda comes with the territory. You're going to have an inflated batting average after doing that. But thinks he's doing better than last year. The hard contact percentage is higher. Uh, he's still hitting the ball to all fields like he did last year. He profiles as, like, you could see him having a high BABIP like he currently does. A little lower than where it is right now, but high. And yeah. uh, I think since he's shortstop eligible, that's going to keep a must start, even if he's not who he was last year. Andrews or Segura? Andrews. A Segura. How about this trade offer that in the in the podcast for the People League? Keith, you tell me which side you think is better. 16, okay. 16 team head head categories. Right. Jose Altuve, Ahmed Rosario, and Alex Wood. Altuve, Rosario, and Wood. Okay. Or Dozier, Segura, and Kluber. Dozier, Segura, I would rather Kluber. have the Altuve side. Scott, how about you? Which side would you rather have? Altuve, Rosario, and We need to Wood? talk about this, Adam, because I looked at it this morning. Pitching's the strength of our team. I mean, having Kluber along with Kershaw and who else do we have? Samarja and Faria. Like, we're we're basically winning all the starting pitcher categories every week. Yeah. I guess as the commissioner, I need to first make sure that you guys haven't been mathematically eliminated yet. Uh, absolutely not. Right for, no. Okay. We're, and I think, are we killing it again this week? You're five and five. Damn it. We, we don't allow people it. who have been mathematically eliminated to make trades. I was just making a joke to highlight your team's struggles. Oh. Uh, we're, we're, like, no, you, we're turning the beat around. Like, we had a better record than you two weeks ago. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't remember that. It's true. Before it's our head to head matchup, the we had the better week record. this season. Oh, okay. Uh, we're turning the beat around. Bottom line. This yeah. is an interesting trade here. It is very interesting. I was leaning toward yeah, we no. Had to think about this. Just because I don't know what to expect from Ahmed Rosario, but. Uh, well, we have Addison Russell on our bench. Like, if we give up Gene Segura and, and the Mets decide Rosario's not ready for some reason, we still have a decent shortstop. So, yeah, oh. Kluber to Wood is probably a pretty big downgrade, even though it hasn't been. It's probably. A pretty I big mean, one. it may be, but it may not be either. You know what I'm afraid of? Yeah, exactly. Alex Wood. There it is. I think Alex Wood is legitimately a great pitcher. It's just. They're, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop with him, whether it's an injury or something else. You know what I'm afraid with with this trade? We'd be, give, we'd be giving up Dozier, Kluber, and Segura for Altuve, Rosario, and Wood. I'm afraid that we trade Brian Dozier and he hits like 25 home runs in the second half. I don't see it happening. No? I think that was a once-in-a-career aberration for Brian Dozier, and he's back to being who we... Brian Dozier is who we thought he was. Yeah, I don't think he'll hit 25, probably just 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, more stats to consider. Domingo Santana, 74% owned. He started his hot streak on May 28th, about a month and a half now. Since then, he's the number nine outfielder in points and Roto. Santana's batting 314 with eight home runs and five steals. 
Um, not a ton of walks in that stretch, 18 walks to 43 strikeouts. But for the year, Santana's got a 288 batting average, 380 on base, 488 slugging. But, you know, about a month and a half, he's a top 10 outfielder in both formats, and he's only 74% on. What do you make of that for Domingo Santana? He should be, his ownership should be in the 90s. If not 100, then the mid to upper 90s. Okay. Yep. I am a Domingo Santana believer. Has some, has some, uh, Freddie Freeman like tendencies. He hits the ball really hard, right? He yep. hits the ball really hard and hits a lot of line drives and just needed to get that strikeout rate down below 30% and he's done it. What do you think about this? Jake Lamb hit two home runs yesterday, both of them off of lefties. He's now batting 153 with four <laughs> home runs and nine RBIs against lefties this year. Jake and Lamb. it doesn't really matter because he's what the second best third baseman in fantasy? It changes every day, I think, but yeah. First or right second? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got like a, like 1050 OPS against righties or something. Um, and finally, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray with 13 strikeouts at the Dodgers yesterday, but what do you make of this? Five straight starts with five or more walks, and he's only given up 77 hits in 106 innings. I, that's, I don't know how many pitchers can, can pull that off. Um, does that mean, and we've actually called Robbie Ray a sell high candidate. Does that mean Robbie Ray is? Chris has called Robbie Ray a sell high candidate. Yeah, we as in this podcast. But, but sell high for like a, you know, for a stud. Not that he's bad or anything. But, but the low hits, and I'm assuming a low BABIP, and all the walks lately. What does that mean for you with Robbie Ray? Walks make me uneasy for sure. I, I don't know that he's really been a lot different than he was last year. He was terribly unlucky last year. He's been really pretty lucky this year. Um, I don't expect he will be as good in the second half as he was in the first half. So by that measure, I guess he would be a sell high. But again, you have to get a top, I think, 15 starting pitcher for him. I don't know that he's really been that lucky this year. He was very unlucky last year, which was part of the reason some of us liked him as a breakout. But the well, BAPIP's 275. It's not crazy low. Well, that's 50 points lower than his career mark, and that's helped lead to an 85% strand rate, which is right. absurdly high. And but the career mark's inflated by last year. Like I, I don't, I don't think he profiles as a high Babbitt pitcher. He profiles as, if anything, a low Babbitt pitcher because doesn't give up many line drives, doesn't give up many ground balls. He's got a 37% hard contact rate against 41% this year, which has got to be the highest in baseball. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I know I knew that stat because we had, you had mentioned that before that Robbie Ray's given up a ton of hard contact, and he always has. Right. Got, this I don't I question. Hard contact numbers in relation to pitchers, but in this case, it's four straight years in a row above 34 point, or three straight years in a row above 35%. If he hadn't had the walks the last five starts, would you still have these concerns? If he, well, to a certain extent, yes. If the walk hurdle is something he clears. Yes, in fact, he talked about the hard stat, the, the hard contact stat Prior to all these, I mean, he'd always walked guys, but prior the to this The hard context that is not as troubling if you're not putting that many guys on base all the time. And no humidor but, either. And that was actually going to help him. worse than last year. I, would you sell Robbie Ray for Justin Verlander or Jake Arrieta? I'd probably sell him for Arrieta. Scott? You have those guys clustered together. Very um, realistic trade. I'd probably want it. I'd probably hold on to Robbie Ray. Okay. Very realistic trade. I, I mean, in it, like we're so, we're, we're so strapped for pitching we can rely on, you know, we're, we're so, everybody's hurting for that so much. Like, I just have a hard time nitpicking anybody who's showing this kind of potential. Uh, would you, would you start Nick Pavetta today at, against the Padres? Probably, yeah. Yep. Would you start Ricky Nolasco at Texas? Nope. Nope. Would you start Cole Hamels in that game against the Angels? Yes. Yep. Kevin Gosman at the Twins. Sure. Yeah. Ooh, we got DeGrom Martinez tonight. Uh, Mets at Cardinals. That should be a good one. Uh, how about, I think that's probably all the questionable ones. James Paxton against the A's. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jason Hamill and Kenta Maeda. I'd go for Maeda. Yeah. I I probably would too. Would you rather start my? It is actually an email or ask this. Maeda or Pavetta today? Pavetta's got the Padres at home. Maeda has the uh, the Royals at home. Maeda. 
when in doubt, go with the better pitcher. Okay. I said Pavetta, but I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> Listen to Scott. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm going to go get married. Congratulations <laughs> in advance. Thank you. I appreciate yes. it. I have a mess. I have a nervous scatterbrained mess, and I apologize if this podcast sucked. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great, great weekend. Chris Towers is going to be running the show next week. He's got great guests lined up. All-star talk, second-half talk. It's going to be really a lot of fun and very informative. For Heath Cummings and Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you. I'll talk to you in a week. 